Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the next episode of the Frisco Report. What's going on, Mike? What's going, what's going on, Joe? Joe? It's it's the day. Today's the big day. Training camp time, baby. You know how it goes. Um, so a, a lot of news for the day. Um, let's get right into it, Mike. What, what you got on the on the deck here for news? I know we got a couple of, of things we want to hit on before we get started on the main topics, but go ahead and. It up, Mike. On the on deck, the we deck, got we two got players, players opting out. out. Demarcus, Demarcus Lawrence, Lawrence, what is he going to do? do? What is what the high-risk high conduct clause in the, in the NFL? NFL? Antoine Woods signs, signs a, tender. a tender. What does that, what does that mean? That mean? Tyron, Tyron Crawford, Crawford Dontari and Poe, po, they went they somewhere went today. today. And we're going to talk about that. So right off the bat, Joe. Two players, Two players opt out, out on the Dallas the Cowboy, Cowboy roster. roster. Maurice, Maurice Kennedy, Kennedy and Steven Wadry. He's a wide receiver, undrafted guy. Make sure you say the last name yeah, for, the for the viewers. Stephen Gidry. Mrs. Gidry? Yeah, Gidry. Gidry. These guys opt out. DeMarcus Lawrence had a lot of concern. He's in. He's reporting. What does this mean, Joe? What does this mean, Joe? It's good. You know, this This was kind of – and I kind of figured that he would, right, because it was like uh, DeMarcus Sorens, he's not going to miss going to battle with his boys. But you, you, you go back and, and you look at the, uh, the, the story from, from before, you know. It's um, talking about the um, – talking about the, uh, the issue, all right, of, of uh, his family and that kind of thing. So – that's that's what the, that's what the deal is, you know. So he he wants to come back, and he wants to make sure that there's no uh, no uh, issues that, that could have him put his family in danger, especially with the the new birth of his new kid. He doesn't want to miss time with that, you know. Yes, yes. That we're getting we're a lot, getting of, a lot uh, of, uh, of uh, chat. chat uh, uh, major uh, echo. Major echo. Okay. I'm gonna try to do. I'm going to try to do something else here. Well, I think I fixed it. I don't hear it no more. You don't hear it anymore? I don't hear it anymore. I think we fixed it. Let us know in the comments, guys. Are you still hearing the echo effect? Let us know um, if it's cleared up for you guys. It might just be the servers running kind of kind of it's weird fixed. right now. Okay, good. All right. So, yeah, so the, yeah. the issue with Demarcus Lawrence, you know, it, you, you have to understand that the family does come first at the end of the day, but uh, – you know, the, the NFL, they come out with these testing protocols in place that look like it satisfied a lot of the, the players, you know. So that's what it is. What's your thoughts on that, Mike? It, it, it's smart by the players, right? So the NFLPA and the NFL, they got together. They come to this agreement. 
And as as fans, we shouldn't target these two guys. Uh, what the one from Mississippi State and Maurice Kennedy. We shouldn't target these guys. Oh, you're you're scared. You're a wuss because these guys have families. And we talked about this right here on the Frisco Report many shows back. That yes, we want football, but how can we keep the players safe? And the NFLPA and the NFL they did this right, Joe. They gave these players the option. Now, like uh, like the rookie out of Mississippi State, since he's opting out, he only gets one hundred and fifty thousand. That's it. That's all. The, that's all the payment he gets this year. Maurice Kennedy, at being a veteran, he gets three hundred fifty thousand plus a little bit of uh, a little bit of extra pay, depending on how the season rolls out. So Maurice Kennedy ain't, ain't really missing much. He was only guaranteed one point two million um, for that one year deal with the Cowboys. So uh, when when players opt out. I think it's a great thing uh, because they're they're putting family first, and I, I, that's how they have to do it. Now, Demarcus Lawrence, he was having concerns about it. Maybe he feels a little bit more comfortable with his pregnant wife going in. Right? What is it? Three tests, four days. You're allowed in the building. Uh, you, this training camp is going to be one of the ages. It's going to be a very unique training camp. Uh, yeah. And Demarcus Lawrence feels very comfortable that he can go to this training camp, get all this testing done, and feel safe inside the star while they're doing what they love and taking care of their family. Some people have high-risk families uh, with, with underlying health conditions, and sometimes it, it just doesn't work out. Yeah, that and that's really what a lot of this is. You know, um, like, like we talked about in the last podcast, you do see a lot of this, not only with uh, NFL superstars, but families. And you see a lot of combined families where you have several generations living together. Maybe your mother's there. Maybe your grandmother's there. You know, um, so we know football players like they take care of their, their grandmothers and, and other family members. So, uh, yeah, it could be totally justified. I totally get it. Um, it, it is the same. You know, I, you know, we kind of thought that Maurice Kennedy would be in the mix. You know, I, I had him in the mix there um, competing along some of the other cornerbacks, but this does help out uh, with some of these other camp battles that, that we kind of thought some of these guys might have been out of the mix or, you know, have a little bit more tougher time making a case for making the squad. Now, Mike, so what we're finding out is the rookies, they came in last week. Veterans are in the building now. They have to pass. They have to be – they have to have three negative tests to enter the building. So – this is where they're at right now. So right now the vets, they're doing the testing and then they're doing um, in-classroom work from from what I can tell, you know, from what uh, Jane Slater has been telling us. So uh, what's your thoughts on that? Have you heard anything else on that, Mike? No, I haven't. And and th- this is the reality of it, guys. They're, they're not going to go in and, and, and start running routes and, and you're not going to see training camp live on DC.com, right? You gotta, I mean, these guys haven't even been to the star in Frisco since February. So we, 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 the, the Cowboys got to be smart in strength and conditioning. Number one, um, what's their diets like, where are their bodies at? Have they been taking care of themselves? Are they low key faded throughout this whole off season? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, 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 yeah. the, the, the Dallas Cowboys, the, and, and the NFL period, Joe, they got to make sure that, um, that, these players' bodies are right to even endure a full padded practice. These are grown men. These are 300-pound men. This isn't high school. Great point. And this dovetails into what I'm talking about. We're talking about players coming into shape and this and that. Well, like we mentioned earlier, two players on pup. 
Tyron Crawford and Don Terry Poe. The one that is really concerning to me is Tyron Crawford. Um, being reported, hip soreness. He has two hips hurt. I mean, both his hips are bad. Hip soreness is continuing to plague him. $8 million price tag. Um, is it time to cut the cord here and, and maybe flip that money and, and maybe readjust some money around and, and bring in Everson Griffin? Uh, you, well, let, let's backtrack a little bit, right? Yes, he's on pub, and it looks like this is a, the career of, of Tyron Crawford, right? But but it really isn't. You know, he he, he did rehab throughout this offseason. Players don't have full practice practices probably till the middle of August, a couple of weeks before the season opener, right? Um, and so I, I think that the Cowboys, are, again, are handling things right. It, was, it, was this kind of expected? If Jason Garrett was still here, I think that he would still be on pub, you know, and uh, <laughs> cut Crawford. But I, I, I think uh, I, it, it's just precautionary. There's nothing to rush into because when, you, when you're on pub, you're still doing sideline work. It's basically the same thing, but it maximizes because the Cowboys got to go from 90 to 80 those cuts so it saves potentially two guys that the cowboys might really really like that they don't want to cut and so maybe that that that's kind of the transition there too joe my deal is yeah that, that's fine and dandy on the short term but for long term i'm concerned about crawford you know he misses he's been missing a lot of time last couple of seasons um the hips are not bad i i, I get the captain and the the locker room um uh, and that kind of thing where, you know, a lot of players like him. And that kind of, but if you're not on the field, you're not helping the team out. We don't know the status of Randy Gregory as of yet. It's shrouded in mystery, like we said. So hopefully we get something here. You know, camp is here. And Gregory, there's nothing about the reinstatement as of yet. So if we were to roll today and play a game, you're, you know, there's no Crawford. You have D-Law. And then uh, Alden Smith probably, and then your rotation is, uh, is taking a little bit of a hit there. You know, the rotation, if it, you had to play a game right now, Lawrence, Alden Smith, Dorrance Armstrong, the rookie Bradley and I. So getting a little bit thin there as far as a, a quality rotation at defensive end. So what's your thoughts on that, Mike? No, I, I think I think you brought up big points. And, and – and, and and you're not at fault of this. Yes, he's 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 a eight million dollar price tag. Availability is best of, uh, ability. But Daryl O in the comment section right here, he he was talking about he really hasn't even missed time up until last year. And if you look at Tank Lawrence with the chemistry of a Tyron Crawford, that's up for argument. Tank needs Crawford just as much as Crawford needs Tank. And who knows, Alden Smith could help help Lawrence out. Bradley and I could help Lawrence out. But when you – Dontari and Poe, who, who's on pub too? Uh, new, newly Cowboy, did he not pass a physical? Or was this a, 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 a clause in his, in his contract when he signed with the Cowboys? But you, you brought up good points. But Tank Lawrence works very well with the Tyron Crawford. Hopefully he'll hopefully he'll get through this. You know, hopefully this isn't just something that's going to knock him out. Career ending. I mean, this uh, hip injuries are, are are not something that you can really play off. Uh, you know, hip flexors. Anybody that's ever had one, very painful uh, hip surgery. So 
Don Terry Poe, he's dealing with a thigh issue, so um, probably like a strain or something like that. I'm not worried about that one. Uh, but long term, the Crawford issue, a little bit of concern there. Not nothing to get alarmed about quite yet, because it is early. But uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that one. Now we did mention Antoine Woods. They finally signed him. You know, he. he I, I want to know what the backstory is with this because, you know, he was an exclusive rights free agent. Basically, the Cowboys had to say, yes, we want to bring him back. That's what they said. And Crawford took his time. I mean, uh, you know, Antoine Woods took his time to, to sign that tender. So he signed it and now he's in the mix. So what's your thoughts on Antoine Woods impact in this rotation? Where do you think he stands with everybody else that's in the mix right now, Mike? Well, first of all, let's talk about why it took so long for him to even sign that restricted tender anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, that, that's, I've never seen that. And maybe COVID played a part in that too. Um, but, you know, they, they got free agents signed with COVID. They, you know, they did all these things. So that's just kind of weird to me that he signed it on the day of training camp. I don't know if he was trying to prove something or not, but that right there is just weird to me. But it's depth, right? With, with, with the COVID, with players opting out in the, in the National Football League, you need as much depth as you possibly can have on a 55-man roster. Um, and and that Antoine Woods isn't the best, and he isn't the worst. You know, he's kind of mediocre. He's more of a bridge player in a, in a sense. But bridge players at this moment in time can help a football team because of that quality, low-tier, high-tier quality depth that Woods can bring, Joe. I like this comment here by Daryl. Oh, Joe McCoy will do wonders for D-Law. Absolutely. Um, I love this comment because not only will he do, do wonders for, def uh, you know, your defensive ends, D-Law, but your linebackers, you know. Uh, there was a lot of pressure on our linebackers and, and some of the scrutiny that Jalen Smith got. It was just not really not really warranted. I, you know, there were some plays here and there. I, I get that. But uh, 142 tackles led the NFC East. Jalen Smith's a boss of bosses. Now, what I like about it is the larger guys, they let your linebackers roam around, you know, hit those gaps, knock those running backs around, get to the quarterback if you want to do a, a blitz. You know, Jalen Smith has that in his bag of tricks uh, going back all the way to, to Notre Dame. So he can get to the quarterback, hit those gaps. Um, very cerebral player, you know. Uh, there's a video out there, Jalen Smith, uh, that he did with the uh, NFL where he breaks down his film and, and, and it's his thought process. You know, he covers a triangle through the guard, through the center and the and the backfield. And he keeps that um, those gaps, you know, on on his assignment. So he's very assigned uh, oriented. Um, I, I just can't wait to see what these defensive tackles bring to the table and help. These star linebackers, because they're great. You know, we're talking about LVE, Leighton Vanderish. I think it'll help him immensely as well. One of the best, if not the best tackler on the team, Jalen Smith. They're just going to feed off of each other. And then the general, Sean Lee. Sean Lee. Great points, Joe. But in this defense, in this Mike Nolan defense, though, I don't think we'll see a lot of Jalen Smith play in that traditional Mike linebacker position. I think you're going to see a lot of rushing by Jalen Smith, getting to the quarterback. Jalen Smith just made all top 100 players. And a lot of his highlights on that top 100 players, that highlight reel was what, Joe? Running, blitzing to the quarterback. 
That's his strength at Notre Dame, as you well know. Big Notre Dame fan over here, Cowboys yeah. block. But the top 100 highlight reel was him rushing the quarterback, and Mike Nolan ain't no dummy. He ain't washed out. Rod Marinelli-esque. Mike Nolan's Mike Nolan, and Jalen Smith is going to go get that go get that quarterback. But Daryl makes a great point about Gerald McCoy helping out Demarcus Lawrence, the tank. Yeah, here's a great question here by uh, Jared Odell. McGovern will be starting center. I guess he's asking if he'll be the starting center. So, uh, Jared, great question. Um, I think the competition is really wide open right there. You know, obviously, for me, I think if you had to play a game right now, it's Joe Looney. But Tyler Beatish, he's in the mix. I think that's what they prefer. McGovern, I think they kind of prefer to see if he can beat out Connor Williams. So, um I'm, I'm thinking that's what, what's going to happen here, and I'm thinking that's what they're hoping. We'll have. What, what's your thoughts, Mike? I think it's, it's I think it's Joe Looney's proven. He's a proven vet. He's played that position for 16 games with the Cowboys, and and, and really that's it. Um, you know, he's played guard a little bit for the Cowboys because tra- Travis Frederick, before that, uh, that, that syndrome that he had, the immune body syndrome that he had, you know, he wasn't missing games. And But the 16 games that Joe Looney was there, there's tape, there's study that, you know, uh, Joe Philbin, the offensive line coach, can can go and, and, and get that studied up. But I don't think it's – McGovern hasn't proven anything in the National Football League except he can tear a peck. That's the only thing McGovern's proved right now. Joe Looney's going to be filling in. Biotish will be second string. Not for long, though. And then McGovern, I think you'll see him work more at guard and a little bit of center on the third teams. But there's no preseason game. So you really got to pay attention to the training camp and see where they're even going to work on that. But that's what I'm thinking. Absolutely. Great point. And I totally agree with, with that assessment, Mike. I think that's that's uh, what they're going to look at. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if McGovern does get uh, a look at here in their center. They gave him some looks last last camp, um, you know, j- just to take a look, you know, and uh, they like that versatility. Obviously, that's why they drafted him. Uh, I think he's played uh, every he can play every position on that line. Uh, here's another great question here by 215 Khalil. How many running backs will we keep, Mike? Well, they just cut one, Chung, I think. Jordan Chung, uh, that's right. He, he got yeah, right. yeah, Jordan Chung just got cut. Uh, but uh, you got to go back to the you know, the running back situation. There's already rumors that CeeDee Lamb's going to get touches in a running game anyway. Uh, you know, that Tavon Austin, Ty Montgomery, yep. you know, kind of tweak there. But, you know, Zeke, Tony Pollard, automatic. Um, and it all depends. You got 55 guys. Do you want to keep three running backs? And the, with Chung, we, we thought maybe this would be the guy. But um, Cowboys got an undrafted free agent that you like. What was his name? Jet Anderson. And this is where I think if they go a little deep at running back, they might go three. And it'll be Jet Anderson, possibly the guy that uh, Coach Fossil might like in the return game. Did some good work there at TCU with the Horn Frogs, and uh, he has that that ability. You know, he's he's pretty good with the ball. Has uh, pretty decent speed, obviously, and um, that's a guy to keep an eye on. Jet Anderson. Okay. Yeah, there you go, guys. I, I knew I knew Joe had something up his sleeve. I just couldn't think of it. But let, let, let's let, let's shift back here um, and let's talk about the high risk clause. Joe, where, where teams can punish players for doing uh, stupid things, I guess you could say. And uh, it, it's almost like a simple NFL contract, right? 
there's some players that can't ski. There's some players that can't get on four-wheelers. But every player right now in the National Football League with this COVID pandemic, uh, they can't go to indoor nightclubs with more than 15 people in that club, right? Yeah. Um, they, they, uh, they can't be in an indoor bar with more than with more than 15 people other than to pick up food. Um, they can't be in indoor house parties, Dak Prescott, with more than 15 people. Um, indoor concerts, entertainment, they can't go to that unless – there's less than 15 people. Um, yeah. So, so what, what, what do you make of this? Is it back to our first topic of keeping players safe? Um, what, what do you think about the high-risk clause right now, Joe, with, with the NFL? Yeah, and, and this, this kind of addresses the question here that we're looking at here on the screen by no, ma'am. Are training camps going to be in the bubble? Um, the way they have it right now, they're not. You know, they're, they're giving the players this leeway to once they're done, they go back home. And this is what Mike's talking about, you know, um, some of these rules that they can't violate, you know, going to a club with 15 or more people. Um, and Texas has been really bad about this, you know, like they a lot of people are going to the bars and this and that. And I totally get it. People want to socialize and, you know, they, they feel that their immune system is good enough. But for NFL players to keep this season going, you know, we're already seeing the M MLB you know, baseball, they're kind of struggling here. The Florida Marlins got hit with 19 players that got positive for COVID. So they're kind of struggling to even if can they even feel the team to play a game. So uh, let's hope that this is, doesn't become a trend. Hopefully not. This is something that won't happen at the NFL because, you know, um, MLB rosters, I feel like they're there. They have a um, pretty good depth. NFL, you're at 53, 55 right now. Um, a after roster cuts, but uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like they should. You know, so far, the NBA seems to be the one that has really done a really good job with this. I mean, of course, you have the one or two guys here that, that kind of you know want to go be Maverick and go to a, a strip bar or whatever it is that they, that they I think it was Lou Williams or one of these guys went off, went off campus and kind of got in trouble for it. But uh, and, uh, NBA, I think, has done really well. But that is a bubble. They're there at, at Disney ESPN, right? Um, NFL doesn't have any that, anything like that in place. So they're giving their their players that leash a little bit of a, you know, hey, you know, we're going to entrust you guys with this. Don't mess this up. So I don't know, Mike. What, what do you think, man? Do you think this is something that's going to work? Or do you think uh, things are going to start falling apart here? If my job tells me not to do something because it can affect my pay that week, I'm not going to go do it because I want my paycheck that week. And, and NFL players have to look at this, too, the, the, the exact same way as any normal job. Um, and, uh, and it's smart because if players are truly concerned about their families, they wouldn't be doing this in the first place, Joe. And uh, but, you know players, you know, 20, 21 year olds are getting drafted. You know, the, the, they, they just signed rookie contracts. They just got, uh, I mean, what's his name? Just got a $25 million signing bonus with the Bengals. You know, they're getting yeah. these paychecks now. They're 20, 21 years old. They want to go have fun. But the NFL is like, wait a minute, rookie. <laughs> Not this year. Not this year. And uh, I think it's very smart uh, by the NFL. And, 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 I, and our, it, it, it keeps everybody safe. Patrick Mahomes made a statement that in Kansas City, 
it, it's airtight. Um, there, there's no room for air, you know, with, with, the, yeah. with, the, with the NFL PA rules, the NFL, the CBA agreement, all that. It's airtight. And every facility should be that way. Uh, you look at the Rams, you know, they got four or five practice fields now over there at their facility for social distancing and what have you. Um, and so if the NFL is doing all these extra measures to stay in place and the NFL says, all you got to do is abide by these rules and you'll make money, we'll make money. It's a fair handshake. Let's go to 2021, right? And I think the NFL has to – I think the NFL is smart for doing it and the players just have to uh, go out there and get it done, follow those rules. Yeah, that, that's that's all it is. So we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. You know, I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear more news. I think the count was 21 so far have tested positive around the league, which, you know, which is really relatively a, lo- a low number considering how many players are in the NFL. So we'll keep an eye on that one there. Um, as far as um, other things that are coming out here from the league, you know, it's uh, – it's going to be a work in progress. You know, th- this is new territory for everybody. You know, um, every, it seems like these uh, pro, these pro organizations are all handling this in a different kind of way, you know, and, and we're kind of just throwing a net out there and this, and seeing which process is going to work better. The NBA, I think they have a little bit more of an, of an, of an edge because their season was already coming to an end. So, you're they're not not all the teams are in the bubble this is really just teams that are vying for the you know you know seeding for the playoffs right this is what the nba is doing it's a lot of these teams didn't even make it so a little bit different story mlb i think it's kind of we're kind of seeing what it could happen with the nfl but uh we'll, we'll see what happens there mike we'll, yeah you we'll talk see. about the major league baseball and you know early, earlier uh, this offseason i talked about i want to see what other uh, leagues do and how they handle COVID. And I think baseball got it wrong. And it, it's hard to compare baseball to football. It's apples to oranges, right? Baseball, they play almost day in, day out. Football, they see each other once a week. And uh, that, that that's, that's going to help you as long as they say isolated. Facility home, facility home, game day, fly in the plane, go play your game, come back. There's really no room for error. There's really not loose guidelines here. It's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious to. I'm wondering if um, since Zeke had this already, and supposedly if you get this, you get the antibodies and and you can handle it, getting it again. But now you're kind of hearing stories out there that uh, people can get reinfected. You know, a few months later, I guess the antibodies they kind of weaken, they kind of leave your body, and you're susceptible to getting it again. So. I imagine uh, Zeke is probably still getting tested, although he already had it. Um, so I'm sure we're, we might even hear some some of that. You know, Von Miller as an, uh, one of the other early players that, that got it too. So it'll be interesting to see if any of these players test positive again after having it early, getting over it, do they get positive again? So a little bit of a case study, you know, uh, the from, from the NFL. So it, this might actually help out the general population as far as, hey, some of these players are coming back positive after already beating it and they get it again. You know what I'm saying? So uh, this whole thing is very interesting to me, you know. Uh, But let's get back to football. You know, um, questions here about the defense. You know, I I covered the the rookies, the defensive players. Uh, Thank you guys for checking out that video. That was a lot of fun to do. Uh, The consensus around – 
you know, the fans here are that Trayvon Diggs and Novell Gallimore are probably your top two players are going to hit the ground running and that kind of thing. So what's your thoughts on that, Mike? Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that. What, what do you, how do you feel about these rookies? Who do you think is going to have the biggest impact? Yeah, I, I was on that, on that premiere video. Um, and you know, I was like, Diggs is my guy. And, uh, I was part of that consistency you took because I really believe 31, 31 flavors, um, will do a lot better than our previous 31. Um, then that's technique wise, that sticky coverage. Uh, I'm not calling him Byron Jones. I'm not calling him the Senator by any means. I, I want Trayvon Diggs to come in here and make his own name for himself. And, uh, and, and I think he, and I think he will do that at a high level. Joe, at a very high level. We talk about uh, Navelle Gallimore. I think we talked about a couple weeks ago. He has a fellow Boomer Sooner and Gerald McCoy to go teach him a mentor him and, uh, and rotate with him, right? Because they, they, they play the exact same position. And uh, I think that's going to be phenomenal for a guy like Navelle Gallimore. Bradley and I, how does he come in? Um, you know, does, it, does he let you know, his, his arm length get the best of him against a guy like Tyron Smith? Or does he go battle and battle and battle and battle and battle? And, and eventually, you, you might beat him eventually. You might. It's kind of hard to beat Tyron Smith, who, who also made the top 100 players. Um, but uh, I, I, I like those three guys, Bradley and I, Trayvon Diggs, and uh, Gallimore. Great point on the night. Um, it's going to be a good battle, and we talked about this well. Tyron Smith, I think the chink in the armor are the speed rushers, and Anai has that great first step. So the length can probably keep Anai off, but that first step, if you can get around them, those are going to be good battles to watch. Uh, the Lunatic has a great question in here um, about the interceptions from last year. Last year we had seven interceptions. What number of interceptions will be good number for our defense? A great question, the Lunatic. A good what, number to go to the Super Bowl or a good number just to end off the season? Probably, I don't know, I guess for the season. We definitely want to get more than seven. Yeah, you, to be to be in the Super Bowl or to have a Super Bowl caliber defense, you need 40-plus sacks, and you need about 25 interceptions and maybe 10 fumbles. I think that makes a good Super Bowl defense right there. I mean, if you can get 25 interceptions, that's incredible. I mean, <laughs> that, that that's a lot there. Uh, but from from what we're seeing here with this team, the Lunatic, I would say what's a good number for our defense? Um, I would say let's let's double that. You know, let, let's get that up to 14 at least. You know, because single-digit interceptions, off the top of my head, I can't even remember who got those seven. You know, uh, Jordan Lewis, I think, comes to mind. Uh, who else? Sean Lee, maybe one of the linebackers. I, Sean Lee I, got one, yeah. Jeff Heath, yeah, yeah Jeff Heath. So, um, to, that just that just doesn't cut it. And you know, and we talk about to get to the next level, this defense can't be average or good. It's got to be elite. You know, we we can't keep fumbling around. And the defense was still, you know, rated in the top fifteen uh, for two years in a row. So it's not like the defense is awful but it's not quite good enough to get you over that hump, you know, especially if you're uh, if you're dealing with some issues here and there on offense, the defense can help you get over some of those some of those games, you know what I mean? So um got to get better on defense for sure. Great question to Lunatic. Let's see what else we have here in the comments. 
Appreciate everybody jumping in here in the chat box. Everybody online, appreciate all you guys. Great conversations here, buddy. Absolutely. Just blown up. Garrett wasted so much talent as a coach. Absolutely. I totally agree. I've said that a billion times. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with that. Jason Turner talking about Griffin. And so we're, this is another, you know, people are, are talking about this right now because, you know, people, they are talking about this thing about here we go again with Crawford on pup, the hit. Is he going to need to get his scope? What's going on here? Um, and But the thing is, you see Crawford, you know, doing his workout videos and you get pumped about it. Like, all right, man, he looks strong. He looks good to go. He looks cut. He looks lean. He looks ready to go. And then he pops up on pup. So you're kind of like, Man, so uh, Jason Turner, we need Griffin, especially since Crawford is on the pup list, meaning he's not ready to roll. Eight million, it's a business. Got a, someone who can reform. So, yeah, man, Jefferson Griffin. I think he's looking. Um, the last thing I saw, Griffin was looking for eleven to twelve million dollar range for the season, uh, which is doable. I know some people want Jadavian Clowney. Um, but they're reporting that this guy wants uh, seventeen million dollars in the cow. I don't. I just don't see that happening from the Cowboys. For me, you get a better deal with with uh, Everson Griffin. Uh, we have Coach Edwards on our staff now. He knows Everson Griffin intimately. He knows the ins and outs of it of, of that player. So, for me, if they were to make a move, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, didn't Stephen Jones or Will McClay said that they might make a move and add another player here? I mean, it's kind of a, a generic um, statement, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think they're—I don't think they're—they're they're done. I mean, Stephen Jones would tell you all day long till you're blue in the face. Player acquisition is 365 days, yeah. And uh, and you know, I, they're evaluating everything. You know, who opts out, who doesn't opt out. Um, you know, who who's on the bubble? Who who's is Everson Griffin better than what we got in here right now? How's our second and third depth looking? So, you know, they're not done looking regardless because Stephen Jones, it's 365 days a year, player acquisition for him. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, great great comment here by Dak Attack. I would love to see Cheeto Wuzia get his name thrown around in the turnover ratio category. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm a fan of Cheeto Wuzia. If he's in a contract year, he's not going to move to safety. I know that this was kind of the offseason season chatter you know talking about hey all of a sudden they want to move everybody with who was in the secondary to safety position the, the fact is it'll be cheeto there opposite trayvon diggs or daryl warley probably uh kennedy's out the mix now obviously uh anthony brown but uh cheeto mike yeah uh, we we've talked about him coaching was the coaching of chris richard the, the issue there um he wasn't I think he followed, you know, Chris Richard's coaching to the T, and I think that hurt him. Jordan Lewis, not so much, and we saw Jordan Lewis go off path and make plays for the team. Um, so, thoughts on on uh, Cheeto Wuzia here with the new coaching staff, Mike? Cheeto went to uh, a DB coach, and he was like, hey, you know, I really need help with my technique, um, and uh, this is what we're doing. And, and the coach's like, all right, we'll do this. And Cheeto's like, well, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> they won't let us do that. He was like, okay, we'll do this. I can't. They they won't let me do this. And I was, he was like, well, what can you do? This is the only thing I can do. Can you help me out with this technique? He's like, 
No, that, that's an old beat out technique. That, that don't even work. And, and that's the story of, of Cheeto Bayouzier and his career with Chris Richard, who I was completely 1,000% wrong on. Uh, I'll admit that. And I, I think that uh, – who, who's that CB coach that we got uh, from the Packers? He used to play for the Packers. What's his name? Uh, um, well, we got the coach. Um, we got the, the A&M coach, right? We got the a, yeah, we got the A&M coach for safeties. And then we got uh, the coach for uh, – who used to play for the Eagles – Obviously, was it the Eagles? Yeah, he was a he was uh, us. Uh, oh man, what is his name? Is it? It's not Asante Samuel. It's a. Um, <laughs> I think oh, you said God. it last week too. Uh, let me know in the comments, guys. Um, the the name is escaping me. Al Harris. Yes. Al Harris. Al, yeah, Al Harris. Um, yeah, man, a great addition to Al Harris, and I think that uh, his coach, his play style is is really. Any guys that, that watched Al Harris growing up, you know, with the Eagles, gave us fits, uh, played well there with the Green Bay Packers. He did play with the Packers and, he, you know, uh, played with the Saints as well. So a well-rounded uh, player there. So I'm, I'm interested to see how he how he coaches these players up, you know. Turn your head. <laughs> we saw too many times where these people were like Batman, you know, Batman in his Batman suit. He couldn't turn his neck. Let's get that head looking back. Let's get on the swivel. Let's get that ball, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to see some aggressive corner play. You know, it, you know, tell HaHa, hey, I, I think that they're going to do this here on this route. I watched film study. I'm going to jump it. Mm -hmm. I need I need you to have my bag. You know, do something aggressive. I know I know we, we, we harped on Brandon Carr a lot, and he only did it one time when he jumped the route uh, in the overtime game with the Steelers many years back. I, I think it was like eight years ago or whatever. But Give me a corner that's going to take a chance and go 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 get the ball. You know, Marcus Peters did that early in his career, and it I mean his gamble was 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 ridiculous. It always paid off for him. You know, as watch your film, trust your film, trust your eyes, go get the ball. That's what I want. That I want an aggressive in your face corner, Joe. Is that too much to ask? No, and it, and it's a really a great point because you know even going back to Byron Jones out of Connecticut. He had ball hawking skills coming out of Connecticut. He had interceptions under his belt. He got here to Dallas, moved them out of position to safety. And the way they coached these guys up, you know, he, he never really got any interceptions. But at Connecticut, he did. So you, you kind of have to ask yourself, why are these players making interceptions at the collegiate level? But then when they come over here to Dallas, it disappears. So, you know. It has to be the coaching, and you and you did yeah. hear it from from these players, you know, whether it's whether it was Orlando Skandrick or, or one of these other players that kind of brought it out, you know, like hey, you know, we're kind of dealing with some of these issues um, there in the secondary. So we'll we'll see what happens there with that. But uh, here's a great question, Mike from Osmodeos: Do you anticipate any more Cowboy opt outs before the deadline? The deadline's August 4th, August 3rd, August 4th, one of those two days. That's, yeah. um, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it, it's all about the feel of things, right? You know, uh, back in my younger days, I go to house parties, and if I didn't like the feel of it, I'd leave. And, you know, these players, if they don't like the feel of it, if, if they don't feel like it's airtight, uh, as, as Patrick Mahomes said it was over there in Kansas City, you know, these guys are human. They got, they got a, a human family. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, if more players, especially on, on the Cowboys, opt out. But I think Jerry's running a tight ship over there. Uh, he knows what he's doing. 
you know, he's been attending all these meetings. Hell, he was the first one back into the star, <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, so I, I think uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think that there'll, there'll be any more players. I think there's too many leaders on this football team that you can turn to. If you think about opting out, and they might be able to keep you back in. Great point on the leaders because, you know, DeMarcus Lawrence, obviously one of the ones that was kind of toying with the, with the conversation, you know, before all this happened, you, now you see him say, Hey man, you know, I, I've, I'm good with it. I'm one of the defensive captains. I'm in, I'm playing. So I think that kind of sets a tone, but you know, maybe you do, maybe you do some, you do see some of these friend on the cusp type of uh, players that, that might do it. You know, Stephen Guidry, he was, he didn't have a shot, maybe a practice squad, Kennedy kind of uh, that kind of surprised me a little bit because I, I know they like to speed. Kennedy has a lot of speed. I think he could have done, uh, could have competed well, you know. So that one I think was probably more of a family um, situation where, like, hey, I got to do safety first. Yeah. But I w- I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you do see some of these players on the cusp, maybe another undrafted player, or maybe somebody who's like, man, I have no shot at this roster. I'm going to, I'm going to call it in. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, great question though. Absolutely. Mm. What else we got out here, Mike? Any, any, any of these here to pop out? I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through these guys. I appreciate everybody. We got a very busy uh, chat box. I appreciate all you guys. Make sure you hit uh, like on this live stream. If you're catching on the live or if you're catching on replay, hit like as well. Appreciate you, all you guys. Oh, uh, Dan, the man, Cunningham. Do you see that one? It's up a little bit. Dan, it's a, it's the pretty... man, Cunningham. Let me see if I can find that one. How far up? Let's see. This one here, Mike. Is this the one you're talking about? Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm, I'm wondering if the reason Dak hasn't signed long term, uh, is it because Mike McCarthy wants to see if Dak can make the adjustment to his scheme? Uh, Mike's on a five-year deal. Uh, if Dak can't. He'd be stuck. Um, do, do you do you think? And Dad, the man cutting him. I think this is a great. I think this is a great topic because there was a lot of. All we got, we agreed on the money, right? We we agreed on the money. Now we just got to work out the years, and then you know the deadline came. Dak had to intervene. You know, hey, what's going on here? Well, what's your take on, on this one? Like, do you think Mike McCarthy said, Let, "Let's see how Dak does do in a, in a true." West Coast system, or is it just the deadline ran out? What's your take, Joe? Honestly, I think the deadline ran out. We know that Dak kind of made a push here towards the end, and maybe the there was an issue with the agent bumbling this up. I kind of feel like that's it's kind of sounded like that's what happened there. Um, but uh, it's kind of hard to tell. But uh, either way. Both sides kind of protect themselves. Dak is still in the in the driver's seat with the leverage, you know, obviously because if the Cowboys want to franchise tag him again, it's thirty-seven point something million dollars. Um, Cowboys don't want that though. They for the Cowboys, if he's your guy, and I mean he's done everything that that you want, you know, um, under Jason Garrett. I mean, for me, what Dak Prescott did under Jason Garrett is impressive for me. Now you get Mike McCarthy in here who has a track record of elevating players, of elevating starting uh, quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, you know? yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I broke this down in a video. 
does Mike McCarthy need his own quarterback? And, and, the, and the thing was, well, he doesn't because Aaron Rodgers wasn't drafted by McCarthy. It was Mike Sherman. So McCarthy came into this deal with somebody already there. Let me groom this guy, okay? He comes here to Dallas. This player was thrown into the fire because of Romo, the injury. So he already has NFL experience, but I feel that the, the there's still some ceiling there for Dak Prescott. And I think, you know, McCarthy sees that. But we'll see, man. It's going to be the topic of the season, no doubt. I'm pretty <laughs> sure if we lose a game here and there, you know, you're going to have the players saying, or you, you'll hear fans, ah, this isn't the guy. We're going to move on from him. But then if he has a clutch game, man, we got to get this guy signed up now and 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 prepare for the big money. The I mean, if he has another good season and they get deep into the playoffs, that number will go up. You know, it's just, it's just the, the market, you know. I don't think it'll be 35. It probably it could go up to 38, 40 million dollars. That's just that's just the fact of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think that's a great answer. I I, I uh, mimic everything you said there. Uh, Blue Silver. He said, "What's your take on Donovan Wilson? Love from Mexico." Donovan Wilson. Uh, I uh, I'm a I'm a Donovan Wilson fan myself. I love what him and Luke Gifford did for this defense last preseason, but injuries derailed them, and this coaching yeah. staff, as stubborn as they are, didn't want to get them back in there. Gifford, on the other hand, uh, you know, they did bring him back, and he got hurt again, so I'm, I'm hoping that this isn't a, an injury-prone type of player because he really showed that he has the ability to recognize the play. He's in the right place at the right time. He, he's a really good tackler, great hands, and makes interception. But but back to Donovan Wilson, Mike, yeah. the same deal. You know, it it seemed like it seemed like each preseason game he was around the ball making interceptions, you know, jumping routes, like we say, um, <clears throat> making moves. So now he gets a safety coach in the mix. I think this is a a player that maybe some fans were kind of sleeping on because the whole love affair with Jamal Adams and this and that. That that deal just was not gonna happen. Two no. first round picks, a third round pick, and let's wreck that, <laughs> that too rich. Cap. Too rich. So I'm a Donovan Wilson fan. Donovan Wilson fan. Absolutely. All the way. way. Yeah, me too. Uh, The lunatic here, going back to Dak Prescott, we were sixth in scoring last offseason, 27 points a game. That's pretty good. But 16th in the red zone. Right. Uh, Settled too many field goals. Yeah, field goal wars. I hated the field goal wars, man. And then we didn't have a good kicker for most of the season. It bit us. You know, we lost a couple games just off having a bad kicker. But also – the inability to punch it in it drove me crazy. Uh, well, and, you, and, you know, and Jason Garrett sometimes just didn't have it. He didn't have, uh, he didn't have the killer instinct. To, he didn't have the killer instinct to, to go for it on some of these fourth and short, fourth and one. You got Zeke. You have this offensive line. Will Dak have more TDs inside the 10? I'm going to say yes, uh, the lunatic, because, you know, you have more weapons now. You know, you you're – I feel confident that Mike McCarthy is going to utilize Tony Pollard more in some bubbles, some screens. Um, CeeDee Lamb will be in the mix. Blake Jarwin, you know, everybody's saying that Blake Jarwin is going to be something for us. I think he will be too. Um, he's he's a good wide tight end. He can get down the field. And uh, his catch radius is good. So, yeah, man, I think Dak will have more touchdowns inside the 10. What, what do you think, Mike? You know, we talked about the killer instinct in Jason Garrett. I'm going to go to the personnel that was on the field. Jason Witten, you know, 
you know, why option, right? That was his big retirement speech from Jason Garrett, Jason Wooden. Um, and, but, you know, he just ain't the same anymore in that why option. And that why option, breaking it down, it, 2014, 2015, yes. But in 2019, it just didn't work out, and they're in the red zone. Uh, they, they boshed a lot of the predictable running calls in the red zone. Um, they didn't give Jarwin a, a enough sense to go put him out there. You know, I think the, the, the red zone flaws have always been there. And you talk about Amari Cooper's home and away disadvantages and, and advantages. That didn't help the red zone situation either. Um, but, you know, CD, you talked about the new weapons, right? CD Lamb, you know, you know, Des Bryant, what was the best is just throwing the ball in the air, getting it, touchdown. You know, Michael Gallup still coming to his own and trying to mimic that. Um, I think you'll see a lot more of that maybe this year. Amari Cooper needs to be more available um, on home and away games. And uh, I think you got to go heavy set personnel. I mean, we had a guy like uh, Cameron Filling and, and uh, going in there to bring your swing tackle. And it just didn't work out down there when you were supposed to. And we wind up in what, Joe? The field goal wars. Yeah. Field goal wars. And, and great, great, um, great pickup on the personnel packages. Jumbo packages that sometimes just weren't good. Cam Fleming. Now, Cowboys, you know, the belldozer. I, this, I think, might be a low-key, sneaky, really good acquisition, especially in run run blocking. You know, uh, Dalton Schultz, I think he, he was coming along. It's taking a little bit longer to make that transition from NFL to the pros. I think he has an opportunity to pop off. But belldozer, he's proven that that's his, that's his, uh, that's really his commodity is the blocking. And that's uh, his crabby patty formula right there. <laughs> that That's his deal there. So that, I think that'll help as well. You know, get behind this guy. Uh, let, let, uh, follow, follow your lead, follow Zach Martin, put belldozer there on the end and let's go to work. Let's knock it in there. Let's punch it in for sure. Great question. The lunatic. Appreciate it, bro. Yes. Appreciate you. That's a great question. Here's one for you, Mike. I, I, I like this one here. Anytime we get a question about Tyler B. Addish, I love it. Do you guys think Tyler B. Addish will get some rest behind Connor Williams or even push him? I know he plays center, but I see Looney there. What's your thoughts there, Mike? Yeah, I, I just touched on that earlier this show uh, with a similar question. Joe Looney's going to be your number one for now. B. Addish, he, I mean, he that's that's his protege. You know, he, um, McGovern, uh, Connor Williams is going to be guard. So I, maybe he means Connor McGovern, you know, Penn State. He played a lot of bit of everything there. Uh, but I, I think uh, I think it's going to be Joe Looney, Tyler Beatish, and and McGovern. Uh, and we'll see how that battles out. But you, you have to give it to Joe Looney, who has the experience and the veteran presence there first. Yeah, and I think just because of the no preseason, I think that's where a lot of the veterans do have the upper hand. So to start it off, probably Looney, but – Beatish, you know, Mike McCarthy went to the Wisconsin game to look at this guy firsthand. So that, to me, says something um, big time. You know, Remington Award winner, the best center in all of collegiate sports. So uh, that's good. You know, if if he is truly over some of these little um, nick-ups, little issues he's had injury-wise that really didn't affect him <clears throat> that much, I mean, he still played really well. You could come out of this with a major steal in the fourth round. Somebody that was rated, uh, you know, first and second round before. 
some of these injuries popped up. So great question. Uh, and, and I missed I, I misread his question too. He says I know he plays center, but I can see Looney playing center. To, or uh, I could see Looney play in there. Yes, Looney's going to play the center. Tyler Biotis going to be behind him. You'll see some competition between McGovern and Connor Williams. Um, I'm sorry, I misread your question there. Um, but I, I think Connor Williams is going to be your starter. Joe Looney's going to be your starter for the center. McGovern, Tyler Biotis, those guys are going to. Mainly, McGovern's going to push Williams, and Beatish is going to push Joe Looney. And, you know, I, I – um, over my McCarthy's tenure with offensive linemen, I think I think he did a really good job, you know, and, and obviously he's working in conjunction with Ted Thompson and, and the other uh, GMs that have been there in Green Bay. But still, you know, I, I like the players that they've had there, you know, Um on that offensive line, the Packers have had a pretty good offensive line for the for the most part. You know, they're never really considered elite, but they're in the top, the top of uh, top of the NFL. You know, these guys were brawlers. Uh, bring your, I think to, when when I think about the Packers offensive line, I, I got kind of like that that uh, blue collar uh, type of uh, feeling from them, yeah. and I think Tyler Biadish is yeah, that he's blue collar all the way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really what attracted Mike McCarthy and could really bode well for the Cowboys offensive line for the future. Great question, Army Mom. Heather C., appreciate that from you. Thank you, Heather C. <clears throat> to Lunatic with a, with a donation. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you. A big, a longtime follower of the channel. During McCarthy's 13 years in Green Bay, he has eight years in the top 10 red zone scoring. That's a great, that's a great uh, stat line. Five years there, top five. Combos will have similar results. Yes, that's that's what you got to look at. You got to look at the the history of the coach, what he's done in the past, and um, great point there, the lunatic. Because this is an area that the Cowboys have really suffered. You know that that red zone just killed us in so many games, field goal wars. It just doesn't cut it. You can't you can't answer touchdowns with field goals. <laughs> you, you, the math just doesn't work. So. Let's get the let's get that red zone fixed. Yeah, and and not only did he have that red zone fixed, and he had Crosby there for his field goal kicker, who who's a pretty good kicker, but he didn't rely on a pretty good kicker. Mike McCarthy, that killer instinct went in, but we are going to find out: was it Mike McCarthy's offense or was it Aaron Rodgers? Right, and we're, we're I mean that, that that's pretty much the tell of it, right? We're about to see: is it was it Belichick or was it Brady? <clears throat> now we're about to see: was it Mike McCarthy or was it Rodgers? And I, I have a feeling. Uh, him being the quarterback guru he is, it was Mike McCarthy. And we're going to see that re those results in the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys fan, 1980 in the house. Thank you, bro. What's go, up, brother? So, go, go follow Dallas Cowboys fan, 1980. He's back. You know, he's back. I, I love seeing his videos out there. Uh, when he has a new video come out, I go check him out. He's, he's one of my favorites. We hung out with him there at the NFL draft. He's a great yes, guy. We did. Yeah, we, I, I got a picture of all three of us together. Yeah, great. That was a, that was a great time, man. We gotta do that again. <clears throat> Let's see what else we got here. Appreciate everybody in the comment box, everybody. Um, I think we're coming down to the end of it here. We really want to yep. spend an hour here with you guys. Thanks for giving us a part of your evening. You know, absolutely. It, yep. It's always great to talk cowboys with you guys and get away with, you know relax, you know, get away from the work, get away from the outside craziness and talk Cowboys football. So I appreciate all you guys. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, Mike, let everybody know where they can find you now. 
And what's going yes. on with your channel now? Absolutely. Um, you know, Dallas Cowboy Football News has been a part of me for seven years. And I was talking to Joe behind the scenes who really influenced a lot of the name change and graphic designs. So first of all, thank you, uh, Joe, for that. But it, it was more of, yeah, yes, I love my Dallas Cowboys, but Dallas Cowboy Football News, it, I mean, everyone loved it. And, and I loved it, too. It was part of me for seven years, but it was time to rebrand. It was time to make a change. So officially, I'm known uh, starting uh, as of yesterday, that Cowboys Corner. Um, we'll, we'll be putting out content for you guys. Um, just, you know, getting the Dallas Cowboys out of there, putting something Cowboys in. And obviously, um, you know, corner, I'm always in the Cowboys corner, repping them, doing whatever I got to do. So the name just fit perfect with me. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't have a Facebook page yet. Facebook's being a pain right now. They won't let me change the Facebook page name to Cowboys corner, but I am, uh, on Twitter underscore Cowboys corner. And Cowboys Corner right here on YouTube, guys. So uh, give me a like, give me a follow. Um, you know, give me a comment, give give me a mention, give me a DM. Start the conversation. There it is, man. Everybody, go follow Mike over there, Cowboys Corner, if you haven't already. Give him a shout out, give him a subscription. Great, great guy, great co-host to the Frisco Report, guys. I appreciate all you guys joining us tonight. Like I said, and we'll be back Tuesday. For the next Frisco report, I'm sure we'll have a lot more news then and uh, covering this Cowboys team. So catch you guys for the next one. Take care, everybody. Peace.